0: Welcome to Basecamp, an Ethnos 360 MK Care podcast. I'm Steve Swope and I'm here with Pete Ammerman and we're your hosts for this podcast. We're part of the MK Care team for Ethnos 360 and our team exists to assist our MKs and their families by providing care and resources to help them thrive in the transitions that come hand in hand with ministry life. At the end of today's podcast, we'll give you information on how you can connect with us. We're glad you're joining us today.
1: Well, hey, everyone, I'm here with Steve Swope, and we are today going to talk about tips in America. We're going to talk about finding jobs, and we have an awesome guest today. Find jobs. Yeah, Steve, how was your job searches?
0: um, They were tricky. I'm not an MK, but they were tricky even then.
1: So we've uh, we've got an awesome guy named Isaac Porter, who I've personally had a chance to be good friends with now for, man, it's been a while, 2012? Was that when you came back?
2: 2014, I believe.
1: 2014. Well, it feels like 12, but 2014, I had an opportunity to meet Isaac. I was helping out with the Nairmore Christian Foundation's uh, MK reentry program and Isaac came through there. And then since then, we've been able to hang out lots through him helping out with that exact reentry program. He's also come to some of our Ethno360 MK retreats. That's why I met
0: him with his then girlfriend, Leah, at our, one of our retreats in Southern California.
2: Yep, and we're actually going to be five years married next month, so exciting.
1: Oh, man, she's awesome. You guys are both awesome. (laughs) Well, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, Isaac, can you share just a little bit about your your childhood, your background, and uh, where you're heading from here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Bangkok, Thailand. I was born there, and I lived there for about 18 years. My, my parents were missionaries over there and they've been there for about 30 years and they're still there. So they love it so much. They're probably gonna be there forever and ever. And uh, my plan is actually to join them in the next couple months as well. So crazy.
0: Isaac, when you were growing up, how many years did you spend in the United States actually before you came back for college?
2: I would only come to visit the States every like two to three years for only a couple months just to, just to do the little trips around all of the churches. And then seeing if, you know, we have any, any guests or anyone that wants to donate to our family and actual amount of time living in the States before 18 would probably be maybe a year total.
1: Wow. Okay. But, so then you came back after high school and, and what, what happened from there?
2: After high school, I went to Cal Poly Pomona, which is in uh, California. It's a state school, and I went to get a degree in hospitality management. I grew up going to hotels and traveling a lot with my my family, being missionaries and having conferences in all these different countries nearby in Southeast Asia, and I, I fell in love with that culture of hotels kind of treating you like a king or queen, and I wanted to get into that. So got that hospitality management degree and I've been working in hotels ever since.
1: That's fantastic. And that's that's why we, uh, we're excited to have you on for this particular episode on finding a job because you've had to work hard for that in that industry over the years. And we've we've had a chance to walk with you through some of that. And man, we're just excited to hear about what's next because that's exciting too. You want to share what's going on even as soon as next month?
2: Yes. So next month, we are going to be moving back to Thailand. And actually, at this moment, I am currently job searching myself. So this is (laughs) a perfect opportunity to share what I've learned and also share that, you know, I also have to look for jobs like it's, it's not just a given that you can transfer from one place to another. So
1: Oh man, we're going to miss you a whole lot because we get to see each other often and this is going to change. But maybe that just means we have to come to Thailand to visit you.
2: Absolutely. I'll host you and I'll take you to all the beautiful beaches.
1: Ooh, I like that. Thailand's pretty amazing. You know what? I have to say, I remember we met just about a year into your time in the US and we went and played foot golf together. That's a thing. If you don't know, you should try it. And uh, we went and got... I don't know, Jack in the Box, I think it was. And I remember in that drive-through, you looked at me and you said, as soon as I graduate high school, I'm out of this country. I'm going back to Thailand. I'm like, okay. So you've lasted how long? How long you've been in the U.S. now since then?
2: Oh, eight years.
1: Eight years. (laughs) Eight years.
2: Well, four years longer than I expected.
1: (laughs) Well, let's get into this. Let's frame this a little bit. So you are no longer 18. You're well beyond that. But let's put yourself back in your 18-year-old self. You're coming out of Thailand, moving to this place called America. You're going to college. So that's the framework we're going to talk about getting a job. Uh, The first question we have for you is, should you get a job right away when you move to the U.S. or as a college student?
2: So I will say that moving to the U.S. and if you've been a missionary kid for however many years most likely you don't have that much experience me personally i had zero experience when i went to college and so that definitely made my job search very difficult at first and so that first year of college i actually did not work um i honestly wanted to get experience in college just being a student and not really focus on the hard part of searching for a job and having a part-time job while doing full-time work at school. So I just decided I'm just going to be a student for the first year and then um, and then go from there.
1: So as a student, did you work at all during during your your years there at college?
2: Yes, so in the summer between my first year and second year, that's when I finally got a position. I had been searching for, I wanna say a month or two, to be honest, it was it was a long time. Cause what I had to do to kind of convince people that I deserve a job was say, I've been in other amazing things like student ministry in high school and mm. being a captain of my soccer team and being part of like Hab- Habitat for Humanity and things like that. So that's kind of what helped me boost my resume a little bit as well as putting in how much your GPA was and things like that because that shows that you're responsible and that you know education you can learn and you can be a good asset to the company. So my first job it was called an usher for yeah, usher and concessions for a movie theater. And I did that during the summer. Tell me you got
1: free movies.
2: <laughs> I got free movies whenever I wanted pretty much. It was fantastic. And I could usually bring a friend. So I would bring Leah all the time to movies. Also, day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my other, I kind of got two part-time jobs. So my other part-time job was a ballet for a hotel.
1: Nice. Now the real question at the movie theater did you have too much popcorn to where you are done with popcorn or do you still like popcorn?
2: I I definitely don't like popcorn as much as I used to because anytime there was a break, the only snack that you could have for free at my job was popcorn. <laughs> so we ate a lot of popcorn. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Well, in school and a job, do you have any thoughts on uh, that balance? It, w- would you say there's hours that you should, you know, how many study hours versus work hours, or do you just have any thoughts or advice on that balance?
2: Yeah. So in college, I think technically to be considered a full-time student, you would have about 12 credits and that's roughly three classes, but for the most part, all of my peers and myself included, I usually would take about 16 to 18 credits just because I wasn't working full-time while going to school. So I, I could focus more time on my education. And then I had Frisbee Club that I was part of as well, Ultimate Frisbee. Um, it's the best sport ever. Highly recommend. Watching <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> yeah. All right, Isaac, you've already talked about you know, your GPA. If you don't have work experience from living overseas, you can use your GPA, your student ministry, and things like that. What do you need to do to create a good resume that you can present to a a potential employer?
2: Yeah. Um, So generally a resume is about one to two pages, depending on how you format it. And the information that you want to have on your resume is your education, skills that you might have, uh, job experience the references that you can have employers call and contact to verify your information if they need to. And then other important things that you might think is uh, important for the company to look at. So those are the kind of items that you would include in a resume. As far as making a resume that usually you can start off with just having a friend that already has a resume help you out or a family member. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just go online, go on YouTube and kind of just look at research and uh, examples and have my parents look at that. And then another great place to help make a resume is going to the Career Center at your college. And the Career Center, they have people there. They're there to help. You don't have to pay anyone. And they look through and help you build a resume that's attractive.
0: You mentioned some other things that employers might be looking for. What are some of those things that a, a third culture kid or a missionary kid might possess that they don't think this is something that could really look good on my resume or could really help me get a job, but, but it might be helpful. What kinds of things would, would they add to their resume?
2: Yeah, if you have any sort of donating your time to any good cause, or if you're a volunteer at any sort of thing, that is good information to put on your resume. If you were part of a club in high school if you were a leader of a club I could add more but yeah. I think those are
0: <laughs> one one thing I just did think about what about your language skills like my my son's oh. um, all spoke Spanish growing up in Bolivia but they didn't feel like they knew it that well but they were surprised how well they knew it compared to a lot of Americans and all all three of my children have used um Spanish on a job for Yeah listening. so
2: You definitely want to add languages that you have acquired throughout the years as well. Um, I definitely put that I knew Thai. Even though I didn't know how to write and read, I was really good at speaking Thai. Mm -hmm. And so, and that, for the most part, that's all you really need if you want to try to put that in your resume to boost your chances in getting a position. Because believe it or not, even if they don't need the Thai language, they know that you learned a language and that already expands your mind and your perspective on any like job task as well. So um, having that understanding and that perspective really helps in terms of interacting with people and just problem solving in general.
1: All right. So let's say now you've got your resume. So the next question I got for you is how do you go about looking for a job and how do you apply for said job? So what's that process and what did it look like for you?
2: So after you've made your resume, the first steps in finding a position or a job is asking around, asking your friends and family, hey, do you know any position that might be opening up for someone that doesn't really have that much experience, going to the career center to see if there's any job positions opening up for the school itself, which would be called work-study. And work study is actually a great thing that the school provides where you only have to work usually 10 to 20 hours and they really are flexible with your school. Oftentimes they'll take in your school schedule just to make sure that they're not scheduling through your class times. And then starting to go on the online websites is a huge thing for job searching. So websites that I used to use and I, I'm using currently is Indeed, Monster, and LinkedIn is actually probably the top three that I've been using. Mm. Uh, and if you don't have a LinkedIn yet, that's a highly recommended thing because that is the Facebook, the Instagram of jobs. So pretty much everyone has a LinkedIn at this point. So it's it's better to start it earlier rather than later.
0: So uh, you said you had usually 16 to 18 hours of class. And so you weren't working full-time, but you had part-time jobs. What's the difference between a part-time and a full-time job or recommended number of hours that you can work? Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Sure. So part-time job is usually about 25 hours as a part-time position. And then around 32 hours to 40 hours as a full-time position, so the difference, the main difference would be the hours and the benefits that you might receive from those positions, mm. a part-time job. For example, when I had a part-time job at the uh, movie theater, my benefits really only included going to movies for free. That's and a benefit
1: though. That is, is a, a good, good benefit. benefit.
2: Oh yeah especially if if you're a big movie person and you want to see movies before they come out. It's a fantastic benefit.
1: Well, and also as a valet, I'm sure you drove some pretty awesome cars as a benefit.
2: I did as (laughs) valet. I got to drive three to $400,000 cars and you feel like a King. Nobody can stop you and you go two minutes to the parking lot and then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's part-time jobs. In terms of benefits, it's usually something small, something minuscule that really doesn't cost the company anything, but it's really fun for the associate. And then full-time positions, they often give you 401k options and medical and dental insurance and vision and all of those big words that you probably don't really know at that age because I didn't, (laughs) Uh, but... (laughs) You have to, you have to do the research and you ask around and everyone knows that nobody knows anything. So they're always willing to help you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've got your resume, you've filled out job searches, you've been on LinkedIn and everything. And suddenly you get a call from somebody and says, Hey, we want to set up an interview with you. What's that process going to look like? And what do you need to do to get yourself ready for an interview?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I start off with doing research on the company that I had applied for and if they would like an interview with me, I go on their website, I look at their mission statement or vision mm-hmm. statement, I look at what kind of reviews they might have of the company as well as reviews from people who have worked at the company and actually a great website to do that would be Glassdoor. It is really just that it's a glass door of the company. And then you're getting to look through and seeing what you're actually getting yourself into. So I do my research on the company and I start thinking of questions that I would want to ask the company when they give me interview questions.
0: So you're actually interviewing the company.
2: You're interviewing the company because really they need you. You don't really need them. You can, you can go to all these other jobs, but they want you and you have to make sure that you're interviewing them to see if they are a good fit for you. Because mm. if they end up saying, you know, if you ask them, okay, what happened to the last person that worked the position I'm trying to go for? And they said, oh, they, they just, they couldn't handle it. It was too much, then that's kind of a red flag because if it's too much for them, then it's probably gonna be too much for you. So good, good. Doing, yeah, doing research on the company and, and finding out what questions you want to ask them is a good start.
0: It's helpful information. How, how should you dress for an interview? You want to dress, dress to
2: impress. I always say, look good, feel good. And that's always helped me. I have a lucky suit that I would wear to every single interview up until about last year where I couldn't fit into it anymore. But <laughs> my my lucky suit was my wedding suit. And it landed me a job at pretty much every interview I used it at. So I was like, all right, well, I feel great in this. And I walk into this interview thinking I've already got the job. And that really boosts your confidence. If you think that you already got the job, then really, it's just a conversation. It's not an interview.
0: Okay. What about what if you're applying for a job like um at Walmart, do you need to wear a suit for that? How dressed up should you get for a retail job or a lower entry level job like that?
2: Yeah, so for those kind of positions, I would usually wear something like a like a polo or really something with a collar is is presentable enough for those kind of positions. I would wear nice pants or slacks. Uh, But I wouldn't go in wearing like jeans, jean shorts or uh, just a regular t-shirt or tank top. I wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you're still wanting to impress them and they want to know that you're ready to dress up and wear their uniforms as well. So.
0: Right. Good advice. So Isaac,
1: as you're going into the interview, and you've done many already. So what would you say are some of the characteristics that you know these employees are looking for? What are the types of things, the work ethics that would be beneficial for you to bring with you? So
2: I would bring in being dependable in any way possible. I usually make sure that I'm always on time, if not early. Generally, I clock in about five minutes early to all of my positions that I've had. I make sure that I have good work ethic that I'm actually trying on the job. Um, you know, there's, a, there's that, are you working hard or hardly working? Well, I'd, I'm always working hard and sometimes working smarter is also better than working harder, but you, you find those tricks once you're in the position. Um, and yeah, just, just showing that you actually care a little, at least a little bit, but you know, this is, this is great experience. This is the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. And the more you learn on your first, second job, that knowledge will compound and continue to grow and it'll make your future jobs that are a little more difficult easier for you because you've already worked hard in your first and second position that you, you understand what hard work is. And so that makes it a little bit easier when the position is actually hard.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So now you've got a job. Uh, congratulations. Good Good job. Um, so now you've got this job a couple years in or however long, and uh, you're thinking about leaving the job. So let's talk about this in two ways. First question would be, and what would be good reasons for that? You know, why mm-hmm. would you leave a job?
2: So a couple reasons that you might leave a job is if you need to travel somewhere or If maybe you're changing schools because you got an associate's at one place and now you're getting your bachelor's at another, or if you're really just finding the work life balance a little too much, if your classes are way too much and you really can't focus on the work, um, that would be another great reason to leave a position or uh, try to find something that's a little less heavy. And those are common reasons that I would leave a job. In the past, It used to be much more beneficial to stay in a job for a really long time and the employers will see your loyalty and they'll continue to make bonuses for you and pay you more and really just be thankful that you're loyal. While now the trend is kind of be at a job for about a year to two years and then look on to the next position just because that is actually a quicker way to make yourself make more money and to also grow in your assets and your skills from the positions that you're working in. And so that's kind of what one reason you might want to leave a job is because you've already been at a position for six to to 18 months and you're realizing, okay, I've learned everything that I want to learn here I'm going to see if they have any interest in expanding my position or giving, or giving me a raise, or if there's any manager position that I could try to go for, then I'll go for it. But if not, then I'm going to start looking at other places that will help me grow a little bit more.
1: Awesome. So then what would that process look like to actually leave a job like that? How do you do it well?
2: You always wanna leave a job on good terms because who knows what if you wanna go back to that job again and they, they remember you or something like that. I would say good etiquette for leaving a job is having a two week notice. So this is your resignation letter. This is your letter saying two weeks from this day, I'm going to, it's going to be my last day. And this letter, It can be just as simple as that. If you really didn't get that much connection from the job, uh, I like to put a little bit of information on what I've learned from the position and kind of share, you know, this this was a position that helped me grow and that's great and that's good. That makes them feel good about you and hopefully they'll find someone that's just as good if not better. So
0: that's good. My dad told me when I was... First, starting jobs, he said, "You want to leave a job so that they'll want to have you back."
2: Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. I like that.
0: Well, thanks, Isaac. And uh, do you have any more,
1: just kind of last advice for us on the whole job search?
2: Yeah i I've been searching for jobs plenty of times, and I can remember um, my first time searching for jobs. I would literally go about an hour to an hour and a half every single day searching for jobs, trying to apply, trying to sign up for their company page and everything like that. And it just takes a toll on you, especially if you're if you're not finding any luck in the interview or anything. And when I was doing that for like two or three weeks, I started to burn out and I started to be like, well, no one wants me, I give up. I'm not going to search anymore and that's that's not good. When I got to that point, I actually ended up calling you Pete and I was like, "Pete, I need I need help, I need guidance. Can you pray for me? I'm I'm struggling." And uh and you you gave me advice on this is this is just the beginning and this is the hard part, but it's just going to get easier from here, um especially when you start building experience. So That was really encouraging and I started just applying for jobs, maybe about 20 to 30 minutes at a time and really taking my time with each one. I mean, if I only put in one job application just for that day, that's enough. That's, I did my research. I changed my resume a little bit and yeah, that's, you feel a lot better when you take your time with the job process. Mm. It's not always easy.
0: Well, Isaac, there's probably a bunch of other questions that as soon as we finish this recording, we'll, we'll think of, we should have asked you, or probably people listening will um, think of things that we they wish we would have asked you too. But we just yeah. appreciate you taking the time to um, spend with us tonight, but now you, you're getting ready to move and you're moving overseas. So how can we pray for you and, and your wife as you get ready to do this next step in your life?
2: Uh well, in related to jobs, I haven't found a job yet. I've been <laughs> searching for about a week, two weeks now. Actually, it's been like three weeks, unfortunately. So, I'm I'm currently searching for a remote position while I'm in Thailand because I'm going to be focusing on relearning Thai for my my writing and reading skills. I've I've kind of lost that. Um, so, if I could just ask for prayer for encouragement in this job process and that something really good comes along for me and uh and my wife as well as we we both keep searching
0: very good so anybody listening to this that knows of a job in thailand call isaac exactly (laughs) all right well thank you for your time isaac
2: yeah thanks for having me
1: All right, we want to thank you, Isaac, for joining us on today's episode of Basecamp. And we want to thank all of you for joining us as well. It's our hope that today's topic on finding a job has been a help for you. And if you'd like to comment on today's podcast, if you have questions, if you need info on what we offer, or if you just want to say hello, buenos dias, bonjour, guten tag, avi noon, or Isaac, what do you say in Thai? So big There it is. You can always contact us at mkcare at ntm.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram on our handle ethnos360mkcare. We also have a website, mkcare.ethnos360.org with lots of resources there for you. Our MK Care program is registered and often based, so parents make sure to get your kids registered. MKs, if you're 13 or older, you can also get your own access to the website. Lastly, we just want to highlight a couple of upcoming events. Uh, we're promoting a multi mission MK snow camp that will be happening in mid January in Michigan. I'll and then, be there. there you go, Steve's always there. And then you can also uh, sign up for our, our two MK retreats that we have this year for Ethnos 360. We have one for high school ages. And then we have one for young adults. So those will be in Missouri. So you don't want to miss those. Watch our website and our social platforms for more info on those. So until next time, this is Pete and Steve and Isaac. Thanks again, Isaac. We'll see you alongside the journey.